We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in, Tuesday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. Neil is in the Clark Ford studio this morning. A bit of Ole Miss news, Chris Davis. Running back, decommits, discussed that a little bit. Uh, the College World Series field is set. Two games last night, Tennessee and Stanford punching their tickets to Omaha. So the uh, the field of eight for uh, that. And then the Denver Nuggets win the NBA title in a really ugly game, but they win the series in five, four to one. We'll uh, talk about that and more coming up on today's show. A show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford, but really blue sky locations around the state including their newest location in Brookhaven. Told you about it yesterday. Tell you more about it today. They got uh, tons of specials all week long. Everything uh, from $1 deals. You can get any breakfast sandwich. You can get any size coffee. You can get $1 David's cookies. They also offer uh, two 12-packs of Coke products for under 10 bucks. A lot of stuff there. Check it out. New location in Brookhaven with Blue Sky, and again, obviously uh, here locally in Oxford, the Oxford Exxon, and coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 that number. Call it. Ask for our buddy Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. The service is amazing. Great products. Uh, Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they'll go the extra mile for you. They want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guest will join uh, later in the week on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Andy Ludeke can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You have nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or contact Andy anytime at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or 404-973-9901. Yeah, Hardman asking how to get out of uh, out of jury duty. Neil, bad example for that because he gets stuck on 
juries every single time. So, you know, look, I, I don't, I don't think a, it, it, that's a good question. I'm kind of myself. If you've prepaid, is a trip a viable reason to get out of jury duty? I don't know. I, may I mean, pro- probably not, but at the same time, like if you're losing thousands of dollars, wouldn't that seem? Yeah. So, so here's the thing. If you have any kind of a conflict like that, when you get the summons, you've got to go handle it. You've got to go to the clerk's office or whatever and explain, take documentation. Yeah. If you've prepaid for a t- trip, they're, they're probably going to let you roll, but you got to get it documented. You can't just call them and go, Hey, I, I already paid for a trip. <laughs> That don't I'm work. supposed to be in Gulf Shores on Saturday. Sorry, guys. Like, yeah, yeah, pull up the reservation, show where you paid on your credit card, stuff like that. And I mean, he says it's paid for and international. Yeah, you're good, but you document it. Go up and see them and explain it to them, and you're good. Mm-hmm. But once you get in that courtroom, all bets are off. Yeah, it's one of those deals you don't want day of decisions. You can go squirrely in a hurry at that point. Could be, could be, could be as Neil did the day that the whole AK thing was going on. Was called me and said, "Hey, I've got an hour to pack, so just heads up here as I'm driving." <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know, I don't know when we're talking again. <laughs> Being sequestered here, guys. So we'll, uh, we'll continue. God, I was we- pissed. I kept thinking there's no way they're going to put me on this jury. I was wrong. Yeah, you were, uh, you were, you were, you were incorrect there. So I, I tell you what I did last night, Neil, is the ending of the Texas Stanford game. And, you know, had it been A&M or, or Tennessee, sorry, Mark, I would have liked going and pop the popcorn and headed on over to the message board and said, I feel terrible for the kids, but I got to see this reaction. And I would have got, I mean, I've gotten set up, turned some bright light on, make sure I wasn't sleepy. I mean, set up the whole thing. I clicked over to Orange Bloods, though, and I felt terrible for the team, the way it ended in general. And I have to say, it almost made me more depressed when I started reading through the threads because they had about, Obviously, Orange Blood's a huge side of the network. They had a lot of game thread going. I think it was 40 total pages of post. Um, the last six were all reactions to the end of this game. For anybody who did not see it last night, they were tied six and six to six in the bottom of the night. Two outs, uh, a pop fly to go to extra innings, and the Texas outfielders lose the ball in the lights. Um, it falls. Stanford wins the game 7-6 and advances to the College World Series. And – I'm almost kind of proud of their site. It was a lot of stunned, what the hell just happened, a lot of disbelief, and then, frankly, almost immediately going, you know, pretty proud of the kids. And I went, wow, that was not what – I was expecting pure pandemonium in every way in whatever Texas version of just Auburn being Auburn or we are Ole Miss or whatever it is. And instead, it was – it was this shock to the point that I think the entire fan base was speechless. I mean, on the pantheon of sucky ways to lose, it only would have been worse had you been catching the ball to win the game with two outs, two runs on with, a, you know, two runners on with a lead, and then you lose it. Because at least you can tell yourself, hey, they could have lost this thing in extra innings. I just felt bad for the kids. I mean, that had to be a miserable way to lose a game. I felt 
what you had, what that the panic the center fielder, second baseman, and right fielder must have felt when they couldn't find the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you just feel for them. That's all. I, I, I don't do a lot of. I, I don't. I don't have a lot of like the hatred for different fan bases and stuff for whatever reason. I just don't. Um, there would have been certain people I probably would have enjoyed knowing they were miserable, but but um, I just felt bad. I felt bad for the kids on that team. You, you you play so long and you get to that place and you're trying to get to Omaha and you're about to get to extra innings and you're going to have another you had shot. You scored three in the eight to tie it. You were down six three and kind of had a comeback. Yeah, just tough, but that's sports. Stuff happens. I mean, games aren't predictable usually. I mean, some are. Like a lot of the buy games in college football are very predictable, which is one of the problems with them. But in that situation, it was just I just felt bad for the players. Yeah, it wasn't Arkansas pop up kind of stuff. You're tied. You're not in Omaha, but still, it's it sucked. Sure, the kids. You see the you see the outfielders kind of in that the moment right after it happened. And damn, it's yeah. I mean, they weren't trying to not find the ball. They were probably desperately trying to find the ball, but it, just, it happened. And apparently that's a quirk of that stadium, uh, Sunken Diamond out in Palo Alto. I saw where – maybe it was Kendall, Aaron, Teddy, I don't remember which college baseball national writer, said that A&M lost two balls in the lights in very similar fashion last week during the regional. That uh, there is a a time of day right in a certain minutes where if it happens, it, it, it is much easier to do, especially when uh, – you uh, aren't used to it or not accustomed to playing there, and like these teams would be over the course of weekends or short series or whatnot. Yeah, I'm. Again, I mean, it was just kind of quirky, but when three different guys lose it, you might have a light problem. You know, Stanford, we almost certainly have a light problem, Stanford. Yeah. But that's a home field advantage too, because the Stanford kids have probably played in it enough to sort of have an idea of what to look mm-hmm. for. Where to look for it, where to go get it, right. at least be in the vicinity, whatever. Right. And they try to find it from there. And the other game last night, um, you know, felt bad for Southern, felt bad for Scott Berry. It was also somewhat expected Tennessee uh, dominating game three against the Golden Eagles. It had – it. Southern didn't have the error like Ole Miss did, but it had that 0-9 vibe to me from a game three where it felt – you know, their their version of the button era or the having bases loaded in the ninth with, I guess, one out, like Ole Miss did there at 09 and blowing that game too, was getting Tanner Hall the ball, losing the game, going dead offensively, not being able to score runs. And B was incredibly good yesterday. Um, they, they found good roles for Burns. Tennessee playing really good baseball right now. And – it just once they couldn't score early, they got a couple runners on in the first two innings. It, it it felt like seven innings of coronation there, where game two is the one that, that Southern lost. I mean, frankly, I, I there was never a spot last night where I thought Southern Miss was going to win that baseball game. Yeah, this is terrible podcasting. I have nothing to add. I I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't watch it. I was I was pretty glued to Nuggets and 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 Heat last night. Like didn't didn't even turn on anything on on the other TV. I just was locked in on it. Really? It was yeah. It was. I thoroughly enjoyed the game last night, so I didn't I didn't see that. I I 
woke up this morning and I was like, I probably should have turned something else on and looked at it, but I didn't. I saw the. Well, I mean, you didn't really miss it. I mean, I mean, Southern went dormant offensively. Tennessee's really good on the mound. I mean, it wasn't anything to necessarily evaluate or watch. It just you, you, and, you, and I didn't necessarily watch it. I was just kind of flipping yeah. between several things and kind of going. I mean, almost to the point of. I was wanting Southern to win, so I kind of went away from it and thought I'll just come back in three or four innings, see if they've scored, see if it can catch my attention at all. And and, and frankly, it didn't just because it was never a baseball game. You nailed it with one of the just a simple line. Tennessee's been playing really good baseball. They, they've frankly the whole second half of the SEC season and into the postseason, they've played really well. And they're good. I mean, they, I, I don't like them. I don't like the way they carry themselves. I don't like some of the stuff that they do it's just not the way that i'm wired it's not the, I, I don't i don't like that kind of stuff i'm I, I think i'm more old school than i even give myself credit for as a baseball guy i don't like showing up other teams i just don't like it i don't like some of the crap they do but they're very talented i was thinking last night if i was an odds maker and i'm setting odds on omaha and where i would put them and not the actual odds but just kind of the list of favorites in order um, you know, what to do with Tennessee. And I can make an argument that they should be the number two favorite there. They're they're gonna yeah. play really well in that park. It's gonna suit them. They've got arms, they're starting to figure out roles with them a little bit. Um I I, I could convince myself that I think there are four teams that are clearly better than the other four. Um and I could convince myself that Tennessee could be the runner up favorite behind Florida. Yeah, I can get there. Now, Tennessee's got to play LSU first game, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. That's, that's where, I mean, from a scheduling standpoint, I guess I'm just saying in a vacuum yeah. where I wasn't looking at matchups or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I mean, it's Wake, Florida, Tennessee, LSU. Those feel like the teams that that's the four. have a real shot to win it. I think I think TCU's clearly the fifth because of the way they're playing, even though they're not necessarily the most talented team there. They – they um, really hit, and and they. Well, I'm forgetting Virginia. They've played a really damn good year all, yeah. all year. Yeah, they really have. I mean, I mean, Oral Roberts is your Cinderella. Nobody's really thinking about Stanford, but the other the other six are really good teams, and and obviously the Stanford and Oral Roberts are good too because they're there. You don't get there without being good. Period. No way. And, but yeah, I mean, look, there's some powerhouses in it, and Tennessee, the way they pitch it, they have a real shot. Florida with just their immense talent LSU with uh, the best hitter in the game and the best pitcher in the game. Obviously they have a real shot as long as they win the Skeens games. They've, they've got a chance and you've talked about wake and TCU hits up and down the lineup. They can, they're they're not, they're not dependent on the long ball and the ball's so juiced this year that I'm not sure that's even going to matter at Omaha. I mean, the ball's just carrying in a way that it's very clear. Some, been manipulated with it's the irony or the coincidence or whatever the right word is is that omaha used to be this cavern where you couldn't hit it out of there because of the juice ball or whatever you want to call it it's become normal baseball now like if you hit it it gets out if you don't it doesn't like i mean in some ways the big part that doesn't carry has become more true to what we see as normal baseball with with, with, with what run scoring and things look like so yeah you can hit the ball out of the ballpark it I guess Charles Schwab now. I still keep wanting to call it TD Ameritrade, but Charles Schwab. Um, no, these first-round games, I mean, we'll talk about it. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it today, but 
Florida versus Virginia and LSU versus Tennessee. I mean, just two mammoth first round games to get ahead and, and be the pro, you know, I guess LSU's got a little more work to do because they're in Wakeside, but um, big first ones there. Because if you if you lose those first ones, you're probably done. It's hard to come all the way back through against that level of teams that are playing as well as they are to get to Omaha in the first place. I, I don't have any stats on that, but I would assume not many teams have lost their first game in the College World Series and come back to make the finals. I would assume so. It, it's it's like a it's like a regional. The, the The way to win a regional is to win the first two games. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't, it gets really hard. And if you do, you have a pretty clear path. Tennessee benefited. Uh, from, by the way, Tennessee benefited from the same thing Ole Miss benefited from a year ago. If you get sent on the road in a super regional, you want to get sent someplace where they're not power five. You're, you're just going to play a team that's not going to be as deep. There might be an exception out there, but for the most part, they're not going to have the depth of pitching that a power five team's going to have. And if you... If you're hitting the ball like Tennessee was, like Ole Miss was last year, you, you that's where you want to get sent if you can't play at home. What's Ole Miss in 14, too? It was win the game, it was win the second game against Lafayette, and then the third one would work itself out because they yep. don't have any pitching left. Great point. Yep. Uh, Kyle Wilson has a super chat. Says thoughts on Alabama baseball. They, they made a hire yesterday. I think they hired the Maryland coach. Why not give Jackson? Yeah, a, why not give Jackson a chance? How much are they paying Vaughn? I haven't seen the salary. I'll look at that today. I, d- I did see they had hired him. It's it's a really, really good – it's it's a good hire. He's a good coach. Maryland is notorious for putting nothing into um, that program at all from a baseball standpoint. If you get a job in the SEC, no matter where it is, you're going to take it. It's been at Maryland. He's done a nice job building that program. Um, it's, it, it's good. I mean, I'm not blown away. It's not about to change the course of the SEC or anything, but – Assuming they did not jump up in salary, which I assume they didn't. Now, I'm sure it was a hefty raise for Vaughn because they just don't pay in Maryland. But either way, that was probably about the best you could do. I was sentimentally, I wanted them to give the interim a chance. Thought he'd done a hell of a job. Um, knows the place. Um, thought he would have helped them with the portal and trying to limit defections. Some things along those lines. If you care about that, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I mean, you don't. You don't ever want to be handcuffed by the one-yearness of the program where you make a hire just for that reason by any stretch of imagination, but it's it's part of the process. Uh, no, Vaughn's a good coach. Uh, he gets, gets him out of College Park, gets him into the SEC, see how it goes. Obviously, Ole Miss is familiar with Maryland from um, this season. They've, they've been a per, you know perennial team, an NCAA tournament team the last few years, and they he's put rosters together in really good ways. He's got some stars. He's, he, he's put – to, to be in the Big Ten, I thought he's done a really nice job of putting deeper rosters together than most of the teams in that conference. I mean, they they worked the Big Ten this season. They won the regular season and the conference tournament, and at the end of the day, that's who you compete against. So, no, good good hire. I mean, it's not it's not changing things. Nobody's about to say Alabama's about to overtake college baseball because he did the right thing for him, but they still don't have any NIL. They've still got issues from a program. It would still be hard to see that suddenly Bama went, nope, we're going to take money away from Saban and take money away from Oates. And we're going to make sure baseball's locked in right now. It's just not going that's that, that's not a thing over there. No, cause they're scrambling to keep up with football NIL and they're pretty committed to basketball. They're getting a huge uh, transfer commitment. I expect it to happen today with Grant Nelson from North Dakota difference maker for them. I mean, a big, big, big get for Alabama basketball, the, the, the league, not to get on that subject, the league's going to be really top heavy next year, and and Bama's Bama went. From oh, so you think there's some really bad teams too? 
Not bad. I just think there's going to be some teams that are going to have a hard time from a talent standpoint keeping up. Alabama's going to be talented again. Nelson was a big get for them. Over, under six and a half tournament games. Over. Over? They'll get seven. They'll get, they'll okay. get, they'll get seven because the league's going to be that good. They'll have a chance to get eight, but they'll get seven. Do we have any idea when I, I know I know the answer is no, but somebody else is probably thinking it out there, so I'm gonna ask you anyway. Do we have any idea when any of these waiver decisions are made? Nope. Yeah. No clue. I I don't even know. I mean, I, you know the NCAA does. I mean, if they're backlogged, hell they could just they might not decide till August. And you're potentially waiting on three, depending on what Ole Miss does with Troy Woodbury. Well, yeah, if you're if you're counting him, they're waiting on three. Unless they've gotten those, and I just don't know of them, which is possible. But I think we probably would have heard something, certainly on the other two. It is a good point. Joseph says, quote, scrambling to keep up in football after signing one of the best classes of all time. It's just the world we're in right now. I mean, it is, it is, it, it, it's a funny sentence and it's true all at the same time that everybody is pulling out so many stops and acting so ridiculous in the space that there is no stagnant. If you're stagnant, you're falling behind when one day, I mean, it's just somebody becoming obsessed in a different way the next day. Yeah. It feels like it's a groundhog day conversation. I mean, I was doing my media days credential and hotel stuff yesterday, and I was thinking about just how much NIL and pay-for-play and all those conversations will dominate media days. I didn't go last year. Um, it, it'll it'll dominate it completely. Next year, it'll be Texas and Oklahoma and 12-team playoff and stuff, but it'll probably still be talked about. I We talked about this on McCready and Siski yesterday. I, I just... I know everybody keeps pointing at Congress and going, they're going to do this. Maybe I'm just cynical. I don't think Congress is going to touch this. The, the whole Congress is going to regulate it or give the NCAA power to regulate. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what anybody's basing that on. And Of course, I wasn't there. I wasn't in Washington. I, I, I look forward to talking to Walker or people like that and finding out, hey, what – what conversations did you have maybe behind the scenes? Not the details of them, but the tone of them. But it's just difficult for me to believe that Congress is going to step in and regulate college athletics with all the other stuff that's on their on their plate right now. How how much of a priority can that possibly be? Yeah, I mean, well, number one, it shouldn't be a very high priority related to every other topic that could be possibly discussed and legislated in Congress, um, even no matter how important or unimportant it is in the space we're discussing. I've got a couple of NIL things. We'll, we'll go there after after the break. First, let me tell you about GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. If your prescription's the same day each month, they take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it with GNM. Also, transfer medications. One call, they take care of the rest. So whether it's uh, Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs or Oxford on South Lamar, that's 662-236-2222. 
We're brought to you by Lake Hill Motors in Corinth, Mississippi. Check out their zero-turn Bobcat mowers. They have a complete line of mowers ranging from the entry-level residential ZT2000 with a cutting speed of 7 miles per hour to the top of the line commercial ZT7000 with a mowing speed of 13 miles per hour. All Bobcat mowers come with the trademark tough deck cutting system constructed with heavy gauge fabricated steel for durability and improved vacuum lift providing a really reliable, perfectly manicured finish every time. The Bobcat line is priced below MSRP, comes with a three-year warranty, and currently Bobcat is offering 0% financing for 60 months or up to 2,000 cash discounts for uh, cash purchases or financing at regular rates. So get $100 off. In addition, if you mentioned that you heard about it here on the podcast, contact Michael McCalla in Corinth at 662-871-6918. Or visit him in person at 2003 Highway 72 East Annex in Corinth. Walk-On's Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into the mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. The College Corner is your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. The College Corner has the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. It would make a great Father's Day gift. Again, collegecornerstore.com. And we're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. Uh, if you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer at 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. All items start at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid, that's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D, or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock has multiple locations around Nashville and Memphis, several in Indiana, and more coming soon that will offer local pickups, so don't miss out. Podcast is brought to you by Prom Shrimp, promshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from the own style barbecue to the signatures to my favorites, very versatile options that are great for uh, over the top of salads, meals in themselves. Pair them with uh, rice, veggies, pasta, or whatever you like, and they have full meals in a bag. They have simply shrimp that you season yourself and much more. You get it delivered to your door in fewer than 10 minutes. It goes freezer to plate for restaurant quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. They also have their two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp. A lot like what's at the grocery store, it's a higher quality shrimp there. You can get it at Rouse's if one's around, but if not, order them online. You get five pouches or more, code RG for 25% off with five pouches or more. Again, that's code RG at primeshrimp.com. Yeah, you know, I I guess we talked about it when it happened, the, the, the for-profit, non-profit thing. And I was talking to a, actually a buddy of ours a few days ago, and I won't use his name in case it was all just scattershot or whatever so i'll take his idea without giving credit no offense he can let me know if he wants me to spill it um but and it's an obvious thing it's probably been written but the tentacles of this for-profit non-profit number one duh i mean duh as we've said i mean it's the most basic thing in the world it is it is a 
you can write off the full amount of your charitable donation. What are you giving for a charity? Well, I'm paying a football player or a basketball player. To well, play football. Right. Yes, exactly. Like, okay. Like, we got <laughs> I mean, go, Come got, on. Got, got, got problems here. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you could give to St. Jude, which, you know, helps save children. Or you could give to a football team to play football. One's charitable. <laughs> one's not. But now, two things. One, and again, this is not my area at the slightest, but unraveling a nonprofit and turning it into a for-profit with then having to backlog all donations as for-profit, not non-profit, seems like a logistical nightmare, an accounting nightmare in a lot of ways. It calls into question everything you have done to this point from a paperwork standpoint. And unless I'm missing something here, some of the biggest donors who have donated a lot of money to these collectives at places that had nonprofits is their status. Credit to Glow Growth Collective, they've been a for-profit the entire time to, to avoid this. It's going to mean a bunch of amended tax returns. So people are going to owe money now on the, on the money that they self-reported as a donation to the IRS. Now, instead of being a donation, it gets taxed in whatever way that that category falls into is sponsorship or payment or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, and if I'm, I mean, what little aware I am of the way the IRS operates, some of that's going to lead to audits when you've got higher money that then gets moved down and re- reclassified with amended returns. I mean, there's going to be a few sad sack boosters in this thing that get completely screwed by this with their own. I mean, again, they're, they're guilty too, because they did it knowing this was stupid, but the collective going, oh, don't worry. It's going to be all right. Yeah, we got this. We got lawyers that got this whipped. Nonprofit, baby. All good. Not just, you know, because you can take it and make it a marking expense and then write off the marking expense. That's true, legal, all good. But just straight donation and where that goes. I mean, it. there is going to be some, not necessarily making examples out of people, but just the odds not being in somebody's favor, this is going to actually pop some individuals pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. If you were giving big money, thinking that it was going to be a charitable donation that you could write off, and suddenly you can't write it off. Not exactly giving to Jerry's kids, is it? I mean, you know. It's, <sighs> no. It's, 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 <laughs> I, I have so... I don't have issues with the players getting paid. Again, I have no issues with the players getting paid. Whatever, it's fine. I'm so sick of it being called NIL that I could scream, number one. And number two, of course it's not charitable. I mean, I can't even believe there were... Not, this isn't a knock on Ross Dellinger, who's at the very top of, of our field right now. Dude is killing it. But the fact that he had to write all of that, the way that he had to do it, I, the whole time I was reading it, I'm reading the stuff about A&M and stuff like you're an idiot. Not Ross, A&M. You're an idiot. Of course, of course it's not set up. You can't do it that way. I think it was Arkansas that flirted with it at the beginning. Someone came and visited with them, and they were like, oh, no, we're not going to do it that way either. Doesn't yeah, that yeah, call A&M, question A&M this snubbing their nose, though, and going, no, we can be part of the foundation, too. Don't worry. We got this. Yeah, it tells you a whole lot about their arrogance. You're already an idiot on the other thing, so who's going to jump in your boat right now? It's it's arrogance. 100%.
But if I'm one of their big boosters who's been giving big money under the premise that, hey, you're going to be able to write this off, I'm a little pissed today. Like, Oh, I got paperwork for days. You guys didn't dig into this a little bit more? You told me this was going to be – I took your word for it. You told me this was going to be tax deductible. Not tax deductible. And at a time when if you're a business owner and you're doing quarterlies – I mean, I got to write a check here in the next, what's today, the 13th. I've got five days to write it. Mm-hmm. People are writing those checks, and now you got to go back and no fun. Some rough. No, you got I mean, you have, you have to amend your 22 and potentially 21 returns. Some rough phone calls happening in College Station, I'm, I'm guessing. Some accountants that are pissed off too. God, that's not what I wanted to do today. Yeah, not yeah. I got to deal with this guy who's pissed at somebody else, but he's going to yell at me. They were headed, telling him he owes this and this and that. They're getting calls there at the beach with their families. Getting calls, people losing their minds. They're just trying to enjoy a margarita. Yeah, no, not good. <laughs> I mean, but hey, I, I mean, I would, I would question. I mean, this isn't. I'm not picking on Ross here, but what did you tell your boosters? How many of those, and, and here, moving forward, how many of those gifts now don't happen because they're not tax deductible? Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, that was the other part of this was it was a it was a ploy to get more donations and make it more palatable for people to give money in this way because, you know, there's a huge difference. I mean, you have more donation ability when you give to the actual foundation for facilities and other things that, that go on. I mean, so they were trying to, mitigate those those differences best they could and obviously that didn't uh didn't pan out did you read this i only saw it because walker quote tweeted it yesterday did you see this letter from the head of the sack to the congressman or whoever they sent this to I don't, this? I don't even know what the sack is you're going to fill me in all right so um the ncaa division one student athlete advisory committee okay so basically, athletes who play sports and NCAA activities are on a committee that sort of help oh, move legislation and give opinions and things along those lines. Okay, I think Tyler, okay. I think Tyler referenced referenced this yesterday afternoon. But go ahead. Okay, so he sent it to basically a bunch of congressmen. I'm sure it's some committee. I I, I don't know. He he says, "Dear congressional leaders," but instead of it being from the entire SAC, the whole committee, it's from just the head of the committee. And this thing reads like the perfect NCAA release to whatever. He's basically saying, hey, we don't need to be we don't need to be employees. You need yeah, to put yeah. a bunch of guardrails in to make sure we're students first. I mean, he's going above and beyond with everything you can if Sissy talked about I don't have to go into detail, but like it's here's what gets me though. I have a point. Is that everybody's jumping on this immediately and going, God, no, the 190,000 athletes or whatever, whatever the number is, don't believe in this. This is crap, whatever. And that's all true. Um, What I found ironic was that some version of that probably is where it actually needs to go to, to save any semblance of the sport though. You know what I mean? Not to the level that he's talking about, because that's a, it's an NCAA puff piece in a way. I mean, somebody got to him, somebody said, Hey, we need you to do this and this and whatever, and here's what you need to say, and we're going to really make this this PR thing because here's how I know that, and I'll find it quickly. I won't waste anybody's time. One of the reporters that had this this letter 
um, asked for the, an NCAA comment um, regarding the letter. And looking for it now. Again, this shouldn't take long. Give me one second. Uh, the NCAA's comment on basically, this is Amanda Kristovich. I don't know who she works for. I can look it up in a second. She said, I asked the NCAA what the process is for SAT coming to these sorts of conclusions and what involvement NCAA employees have in crafting language that goes into letters and memos with athletes' names on them. Okay. Here's the response. This is from the NCAA. As part of the NCAA's efforts to bring in corporate to, to better incorporate students in the decision-making process, several student-athletes hold seats on key leadership committees, including the Subcommittee on Congressional Engagement and Action and the Transformation Committee. As members of these committees, student-athletes participated in discussions and guided the creation of NCAA policies and messaging around critical issues. The association is grateful for the leadership and hard work they have demonstrated to improve college sports for their fellow students. That was a PhD in word salad right there. I mean, that that is the Mona Lisa of word salad in that response from the NCAA, which basically when you take, when the bullshit meter goes off, you go, what it said was, we completely crafted that for them. And we found one guy who was willing to put his name on it. Yes. That's what that said. Yes, that's exactly what it said. But they don't want to be employees. Whether they think they want no, to be employees no, 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 or not, no, no. they he, don't. He was asking the, – the, the main guys of the letter was asking for major congressional involvement, basically. Yeah, asking yeah. Congress to do everything to regulate this. No, look, guardrails very much needed. But Congress? Oh, how's Congress going to – Let's say Congress puts in guardrails, just kicks and giggles. How the hell are they going to enforce it? Is that what everybody really wants? Let me let me ask this: when 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 the Nick Sabins of the world say we want uniformity and we want guardrails, are they really saying we want to go back to the way it used to be? And except now there will be like some some base stipend that everybody gets quote nil, and we'll go back to doing it under the table. Is that what they really want? We'll go back to, hey, you know, plausible deniability. Boosters can give under the table. We'll just keep it Let's like that. Let's everybody feel a little better on Saturday because it's not in their face that kids making X times X. And this way, when people go, oh, you know, it's it's unfair that these kids don't get paid. They can go, oh, no, they all get paid. Everybody gets, everybody gets $10,000 or whatever the number would be. Is that kind of what they're saying? They want that. That's what uniformity is. That's what regulations are. I just wonder who's enforcing the regulations. Congress. I mean, really? Is that incident? Got it. It's all good. I mean, you know, they 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 couldn't handle it before. So it, it makes me wonder if it's just hey, let's go back to what it was. At which point you well, that's kind of what it always was. It's all. What was that? It's all just a bunch of spitting in the wind, too, though, because we're not in a climate right now yet. Maybe we get there, but we're not there yet for anyone to cap an athlete's earning potential. Good luck. Good luck getting that passed through anything right now. Why would anyone? Why would any? Now, is it gonna, 
you know, I don't know why any athlete would agree to that. If you're Caleb Williams right now, do you are you you're agreeing to a cap? It's just it's nonsensical. It's it's not going to happen. It's the individual level of going, hey, yeah, the SEC is going to do relegation, and Missouri and Vanderbilt are going to vote to be kicked to the Sun Belt. I mean, no, stupid. Not voting for that. So it's just, I don't even know what everything's, I, don't, I, I guess this is the cynic in me, or maybe this is me not understanding it. It's certainly possible. I don't really know what all the arguing's about. It feels to me like, and, and I know this isn't what happened. If we had William Liston, Walker Jones on, they would tell you, no, 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 we had substantive conversations. But there's a certain part of me that feels like they're in Washington going, hey, y'all need to do something. And people are like, well, what do you want us to do? We're not sure, but something. You, 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 you can't make them employees. We've talked about that to the point of this not worth talking about anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you do? They have the ability now to go out and, and get as much as they can get. And of course, but I'm, I'm kind of quoting Tyler here. Every problem that has come up was completely predictable. We used to say it was about name, image, and likeness, and I would say it's not going to be about that. They're not going to want to do that stuff. And we saw it right away. I have people saying, why don't you guys do player shows? Well, one of the reasons we don't do player shows is because most of the players don't want to do a show. Mm-hmm. Why? Why give of their time when they're going to get paid anyway? Why do something for money when you can do nothing for money? Well, and frankly, the way the money jumped up so fast, it became almost like, I mean, it became not even enough to get their attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've talked about this. I mean, the, the, the it's, I don't even know what the number would be, but I don't, I'm not going out and finding that much money along those lines, right? I mean, it's, I have a lot of people ask about it all the time. I get emails about it constantly. Hey, I missed those shows. Really hope you revisit those shows. And it's like, you don't get it. For me to get a player that would be significant enough that you would watch and listen, the money would be all right. It would be significant, and then I've got to go find that money. Just it's pointless. It's pointed out here. It's a good point. This is this is evidence A, B, and C that this was written by the NCAA. No athlete, no matter how idealistic or whatever, would put this sentence in this release. This is a, this is a direct quote. Preserving the traditional collegiate experience where student athletes are first and foremost students is essential for maintaining the integrity and values inherent in college sports. That yeah. is one of the sentences in that. Yeah, nobody, no, no kid wrote that. He should not have been allowed to even put that he was a the president of the the sack on that letter, because you're manipulating people into believing you're speaking for the rest of the committee. Yeah. And again, I mean, again, the other side also is wrong. It goes, nope, we want we don't want any guardrails. We want to be able to do everything. Okay, well, you're the one driving the car 160, and at some point, you're going to crash the entire sport. But I also get how you don't want to be associated with this letter either. Yeah. And I don't know that 
I just keep thinking to myself, like we we this is this is going to be a little bit of a leap. There was news yesterday about the athletic major pay cuts. Twenty percent, I think they laid off twenty percent. They 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 they're losing, they're bleeding money. Um, things, you know, when that was happening, when they were hiring everybody, when the athletic was, they were hiring everybody away from newspapers and whatnot. People like you and I would have conversations like, "That dude's really good. How are they paying him? How are they making money? Oh, it's subscribers." Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I can tell you as someone who is a subscribe runs a subscription service, making building a subscriber base it is is work. And you you fight password protection and all of that stuff. And so I get, I say that to say this, I just think sometimes markets regulate themselves naturally, organically, and I I still think that's what's going to happen here. I think stuff's going to get reined in organically. That's my guess too. I mean, that's what I would. I mean, if you're just telling me to put a prediction on it, sure. You know, the prices. I'd buy that. Prices to get a player are really high, and then at some point people say, "Well, I'm not going to pay that anymore," and it brings it down. At the athletic, they can't afford to pay all. The, why did they lay all the people off? Because they can't afford to pay them. They don't have the money. Laid off a crap ton of really good baseball writers yesterday. There I mean, was a lot of really good baseball writers. There was one, the, the most interesting line in that story to me that I read was they're, not, they, they're, they're doubling down basically on NFL coverage and they're doubling down on English Premier League coverage. Those are the, and, and if you look globally, those are the two most powerful sports leagues around. And it so, tells you, major, as you said many times, Chase, Major League Baseball is super regional now. And that's where I'm – okay, I got, I, I, I got a thought there. Um, let's see. One second. Let's, we'll come back to it. Uh, let's see. Spring's in full swing. Summer's right around the corner. Heavenly Sunshine Property Services would like to take the opportunity to remind you about the importance of taking care of your outdoor living spaces Regular maintenance is a key to preserving the beauty and integrity of your home or business. One of the most effective ways to maintain your home through is through power washing. Some of the key benefits include curb appeal, damage prevention, creating a healthier environment, and also saves you time and money. Heavenly Sunshine has been serving the Mid-South for four decades. That includes Oxford, the full-service commercial and residential property maintenance, includes power washing, soft wash, roof cleaning, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. Don't wait until it's too late. Contact them today and get ready to enjoy a brighter, cleaner outdoor living space, the website is heavenlysunshine.com or call 662-342-1203 to book your free estimate. That's free. Code MPW10 for a 10% discount. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game and ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE20, and get uh, 20% off your purchase. Father's Day uh, right around the corner. Dead Soxie has the perfect gift for any budget, whether as a gift or buying for yourself. Dead Soxie is excited to help you celebrate with style. Sign up for Dead Soxie NIL membership and receive new styles every month, every two months, every three months, or even every six months. These socks not only comfort your feet, but they give back. More than 50% of the proceeds are pumped back into Ole Miss Athletics. 
You can also get a sock scription, ask for a Saturday seven pack, get seven unique designs to coordinate each of the season's seven home football games. Uh, lastly, enjoy 25% off all non-licensed products with uh, promo code Rebel Grove. It's deadsoxy.com, promo code Rebel Grove at checkout. We're brought to you by Pinnacle, Pinnacle home to the uh, Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. They'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated is the guy to go to if you want to uh, make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Just get in touch with him, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and he's going to come up with options to help you make a uh, trip really special. He's going to come up with options that you can't find on your own. 901-494-3387 or J Edwards at Regency Travel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. And we're brought to you by OPA. Uh, if you're thinking about um, a, a company dinner, a festive party event, OPA can accommodate up to 200 guests. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. To learn more, get in touch with uh, Jeannie at 601-421-7147. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sorry, I got distracted by an article somebody sent me. Um, no, look, the thing with the athletic that I found most interesting is you're right. Baseball is a regional sport. Now, it's incredibly popular regionally, and you can survive that way. I mean, something doesn't have to be a national sport to be able to make money and thrive and be very good in every community. But what they're doing is actually in reverse of that from a baseball coverage standpoint, which doesn't make sense. It, it, and the only answer is they're giving up on it because you let go the number of people they did inside beach yesterday. I mean, I saw there was basically a social media campaign for cancellations in the White Sox market after they fired the White Sox beat writer who I don't know, but apparently he was very highly regarded. 
inside that beat. Um, they said they were going to focus more on national stories of interest to more people. That's not how you get baseball coverage. That's the exact opposite of how baseball coverage works. So the answer is either they're stupid or they simply are giving up and they're letting other media outlets inside these markets control because the most popular people for any baseball fan is the people who cover their local team. It's not so-and-so who does 10,000 feet flyovers of the league. And it's not close. I mean, baseball, it's the one positive it has with its marathon length of 162 games is that you're locked in on whatever that dude says every day, all freaking year. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm slowly kind of getting back into the Braves a little bit. It's been a long process and I'm not a diehard by any means, but as much as I care about the Saints more than the Braves, I'm much more likely to read David O'Brien every single day of the year than I am the Saints guy because there is an offseason. There's not something moving every day. There's not features and movement and all this other stuff that goes around with baseball. Baseball is the perfect sport for really intimate writing on a day-to-day level. And the athletic backing out of that, or I guess maybe the New York Times backing out of that, actually, because they're the one who owns it now. It's not the original people for the athletic that's making these decisions. It's become a piece of, of a conglomerate is that you're essentially saying, Hey, football and EPL, we believe is going to pay the bills. And for whatever reason, these baseball writers are making too much money and we're giving up on covering the sport the way it should be covered. It's a very expensive sport to cover. You're traveling a ton. You're in hotels. I mean, 81 games a year are on the road. If you really cover a team the way that teams used to, I mean, you're covering every game. You're there all the time. You, you've you've got to go to winter meetings. You've got to go to the you got to go spring spring training is what six weeks in Arizona or Florida. Uh, it's just an expensive sport to cover, and they're not getting the return on it. They're not. I don't know that people are subscribing. Here's my theory, Chase. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Um, I don't know. That young people, when I say young people, 35 and younger, young people are paying subscription fees to read content. It's my theory. And so you're you're looking at less than other generations. Sure which matters because any percentage drop is a percentage drop. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about that because frankly, it's not ingrained the same way. It's not even about, this isn't some like yelling at cloud millennial thing or anything. This no, no, is, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not out. I mean, look, I, I, I have, I have young people in my life. They don't, they don't get their content from reading. I send stuff from the athletic to my son because I tell him all the time, you need to practice reading because you, you, the ACT is coming. Read anything, read something. But that's not how they naturally consume information. They, they, they go to YouTube. They, they have this opinion and it's basically true. We watch people in our field all the time. Give it away on Twitter. Give it away on Twitter. Give it away on Twitter. If you can get it all on Twitter and you can get it on YouTube and you, you bloggers. Now, the and, negative to that is they're getting a Cliff Notes version and never actually knowing anything about anything. Right, but they don't view it that way. Well, no, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, that's the negative to that. Yeah, and and yeah, and, uh, Joshua Clayton in the in the stream says they share all their passwords. I mean, 
My daughter was freaked out the other day that suddenly she couldn't get on the Netflix because Netflix has changed their algorithm to make more people have to pay for Netflix. Yeah, really smart, by the way. Yeah, of course. I mean... And the correct move, frankly. I mean, nobody has an argument that goes, nope, 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 four households should use the same account. Oh, screw off. I mean, how much... How much money have we lost over the last 15 years from password sharing? I mean, it's incalculable. Probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're set up worse for password sharing. I guess I shouldn't admit this, but whatever. Everybody's aware of it now. Anyway, we're set up worse for it now than we were when I got hired. Because back then, you might remember this or not. It had a weird thing where if somebody was active and somebody else came in active, it would kick that first person off. And you have to re-log in. Or maybe it was in before I was hired. Maybe it was before you were hired. Maybe this was like 2006, 2007. But Rivals had a deal where you could only have one active user like clicking things at one time. Yeah. And it would knock everybody else out and make them come back in. And that's not the case anymore. No. It's, it's not. So I, I don't – I think that's what happened to the athletic – I see all these people that's like – and as is typical in our, in our field, people don't understand. They, the the people are like, I can't believe this happened. I'm like, I, I can't believe it took this long to happen. And I'm someone who loves The Athletic. I read it daily. I, I, I follow multiple things on it. It's it's one of the single best sources on the NBA. Isn't though, and look, I'm not being some fatalist here. I'm just asking a question on a podcast that's on June 13th and we need content. The lack of reading about your teams, your sport keeps you from knowing the players as well. It does a lot of things. It affects you as a fan. If that doesn't reverse at all, doesn't that also mean fewer diehard sports fans, fewer whatever, and basically the entire sports landscape changing because no one actually gives a damn beyond a cursory level about a million the, percent. the teams that they're following? A million percent. Absolutely. We've been... We've talked about, I mean, if, if you put me in a media relations department anywhere, one of the very first things I would say is, hey, look, you guys want to get paid. You guys want everybody to, you want, you want people to be engaged in, in you. They have got to know you. I would be telling a player, hey, you should be reaching out to people trying to build your brand. You should let them get to know you, but that's not the way it's wired now. And you're right. No one that's one of the things. I mean, the athletic does really good work. They write some really in-depth stuff. But it tells you that, I mean, they didn't lay those people off. They, they, they laid them no, off it for tells a reason. Most people don't care about that length of work. That's kind of my point. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, it, it, if it, and I get this takes a little bit of leap, but just go with me. Grantland died a very fast death. If that if Grantland is a thing for people in 1988 in some other form, it is a hit beyond world. I mean, it is like, oh, my God, I can sit down and read this type of content. But even and that was I mean, shit, that was 10 years ago. Whenever it was, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Alan just mentions it in the thread and he probably hadn't even heard me talking because we got a lag. I mean, Grantland dying was absolutely the first huge sign of this. that we went, oh, hell, that's not good because that was really good stuff. Yeah. The athletic was basically trying to do what the Grantland did, except on a micro level. I mean, it's the best 
sports journalism there is. I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I looked at it. I'll be honest. I looked at that yesterday when that I was, I was getting ready to go to the gym and I saw it and I thought, I'm glad I'm 53 and not 43 in this. Because I don't, I don't think young people, no, to answer your question, I do not believe young people are, are going to be as fervent as their parents were as it pertains to fandom. With exceptions. But I'm talking about as a rule. Just don't. And it just makes, I mean, I think it's, it's one of the reasons I think the college thing is going to correct itself. I think it's going to market, it's going to, the market is going to correct itself. The, the people that are, I mean, I'd be curious here. And I know, well, older people have more money, so they give it. I'd be curious what percentage of the pay-for-play donations that are made to collectives, what, what age demographic, how that breaks down. I'd love to see that. That would be fascinating to me. Of the, like, let's say you have $10 million in pay-for-play donations spread out among a collective. How much of that comes from people that are 60 and older? I mean, um, like you said, a large percentage, somewhat because they have that type of disposable wealth. But, and then the next um, thing I'd want to see is I'd want to see how many people and then how many people 35 and younger, not the number of, not the, 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 well, the value of the donation, but the number of donations. I bet it's significantly people, lower. People my age are willing to give, but they also want to see a return. It's not empty giving the same that it might be for older people. My opinion, I mean, it could be, that could be a terrible take, but it's the way I sort of see it. But I mean, to your last point, I don't look, I don't know. I don't know what comes of these websites over time of these type of media entities. And when I say that, I mean, Rebel Grove and PW Digital, however you want to put it. But, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, day to day, we were. 70% website versus podcast on what you're actually doing all day long. You know, now it's 50, 50, maybe even turn podcast a little bit, depending on the day or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, we, it, 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 there's no scientific part of this. My point being that if you told me in 15 years, if I'm still doing this, I bet it's 80%, 85% podcast, YouTube media based that way. Thousand percent. I bet the writing is under twenty five percent. Absolutely. Or if you do, you're you're hiring lower waged people to do it to to churn an assembly line, and frankly, to promote the web based content. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, if if we had not started MPW Digital, essentially eleven years ago, I know we didn't call it that eleven years ago, but it was. Yeah. Neither sure. one of us would still be doing this we would have moved on to something else because I, we just would have needed to make more money. Well, and then in second to that, even, I mean, I tell people this all the time. I was talking to somebody about podcast a few days ago and look, you know, I, I talked to classes around campus and stuff and say, Hey, yeah, if you want to start a podcast, it's never been easier. All it takes is a phone and a microphone, feel free. But one of the advantages and God bless all of you. And I love all of you. It's in the stream and listeners and everything else. And I hope that we provide a quality product that keeps you here. But, there's a lot of damn options. I mean, I would be terrified of even starting a podcast network in 2023 
and trying to siphon off listeners from whatever their routines are from a podcast standpoint. I mean, you know, again, thank God for all of you, but a lot of you are ingrained in listening to us because you've been listening to us for a decade when you go to the gym or you're in traveling or whatever you're doing. I mean, there is a certain just, hey, this is my people because they've been my people. And it's hard to just go, hey, I got this new podcast. Why don't you turn off that thing you've been listening to? Forget us, Rogan, Corolla, whomever. And go, oh, yeah, I'll just give this guy a chance instead. Yeah, good luck with that building thousands of, of listeners in, in short order. You better be – it happens, but you better be really damn good. Yeah, you have to be really good, really consistent, all of those things. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I don't even know what our – I have a clue on it. I mean, you know, like our our ability as rebelgrove.com at rivals.com, our ability to attract – 30 and younger to put a credit card in and subscribe that's it's tough that's a tough that's a tough market to to fish in and we have a younger demographic than most team sites yeah well we, we steered younger intentionally yeah um you know yeah so anyway I mean, right, it's, 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 here's where it's changed like yesterday chris davis the running back from picayune decommits from ole miss and yeah, there was some discussion about it on the site and whatever, but recruiting coverage has changed to the point that people are like, ah, whatever, wake me up in December. It's someone's either going to pay him or they're not. There's a lot of that. It's why I get, I mean, inside baseball, I get super frustrated at the network when I look up and they're writing about 2026 kids. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, it's fine to mention them, but you're really going to start writing about their recruiting. They can't sign for two years. There's no, there's no telling what the market will look like in two years. Just zero, zero chance of predicting it accurately. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's what would never happen today. I mean, we would, we'd figure it out and you get a hold of them eventually and whatever. I mean, I, I've told the story forever is, I mean, whatever year this was, God, 2009, 2010, I mean, probably 2010, Jeff Scott commits to Ole Miss, the running back that obviously had a pretty good career. Yeah. And he wasn't answering the phone. And there was this huge rush back then of, by oh God, you had to have the story up in 20 minutes and it had to be this whatever. And I mean, it was, it was frantic. Like they're flying us in to do the heart transplant. I mean, it was the dumbest stuff ever when you look back at it. But Neil calls me and literally the instructions were call him every five minutes until he answers because at some point he'll get tired of his phone ring. Because back then, if you didn't have the story yeah. and your and your <laughs> competition did, people killed you. Yeah. And now it's like, eh, whatever. And that's not minimizing Chris Davis. He might end up being a yeah. three-time Heisman winner. I have no idea. But with the portal and with the whole pay-for-play thing and the way recruiting is now, it's just it's a totally different I think it's one of the things you and I, it probably, it's probably maddening to the hardcore people that want the coverage the way it used to be. I think it's to our credit. One of the things that we figured out quickly was that, Hey man, this landscape's really changing. Like it's fast. Like I can't even imagine being a full time recruiting writer. I would wait every time the phone rang, I'd be like, okay, this is the time they fire me. You know what I mean? I mean, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular at any network at all, I promise. But I would be like, man, I, I if that's the only thing I do, I, w- I would be terrified of it. Not because yeah. there's just not as much mass interest in it. 
because I think people logically look at it and go, eh. I mean, the first thing you think when you see a kid decommit is, okay, either someone didn't come through with something they promised or somebody just offered a whole lot more or, and this is frequently with high school kids, there's a handler who's like, hey, I can't, I can't get what we need to get if you're committed. I, I need you to get uncommitted, decommitted, or they just wanted some attention. And so you can put out a you can put out a thing on the notes app and put it out that you've decommitted and that you're still open, you're still considering said school, and now you can come back in a few weeks and you can have a top twelve, a top six, a top eight, a top fourteen, a top three, whatever the case may be. And then when you commit, you get to do another thing and you get all the attention that way. The truth is once you commit and you stop, yeah, most people go, okay, he's on the list. Next. And yeah. the kids miss the attention. Could be any of those yeah. things. Could be any of those things. Yeah, you're out of sight, out of mind at that point. So, a couple interesting comments in the thread. Get to those in one second. First two about Northeast Spark. Any SPARC service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze. The one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's any Spark. Dot com 662-238-3159 phone service parental controls network security a wireless mesh extender and more so again call the office for details get the best internet in lafayette county as well as parts of pontotoc and union counties for those who previously did not have internet that's 662-238-3159 brought to you by service specialist staffing and recruiting agency connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967 we talked yesterday about if you're on the job hunt how they can help you Listen, if your company is looking to qu hire quality, hard-to-find talent, and many of them are, it's hard to find that talent. Service specialists can help you. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile from routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign. Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. There's so much offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons with uh, trainer Susan Walt to buying your first horse and competing at nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great venue for uh, get-togethers, events, parties. So get in touch with the people at Southern Traditions on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Yeah, you know, Triple Mass says, I think missing on portal guys is a bigger story nowadays for sure. Well, I mean, definitely in our market because of the Ole Miss's portal heaviness, but most places. But that creates the same kind of problem. It becomes this very general baseline. You got him or you didn't get him because to tell the whole story, you need information you don't have. I mean, if Ole Miss misses a portal guy in any sport, baseball, football, basketball, what, did they miss him because they didn't recruit him hard enough or it was something else? Or did they miss him because they prioritized their budget in some other way? It's a completely different thing. It's one of the reasons why baseball recruiting never stuck as being popular because you go, oh, God, Southern Miss took that kid? Well, yeah, but they gave him 85% of a scholarship instead of 25% of a scholarship. Duh. 
that's just not where it's at. I mean, so the, the problem with that is that it's where what was so enlightening about the Liberty Corner talking about, hey, I got this much money or Isaac Ukwu talking about I got this much money or this much money, because at least you have a glimpse into the decision making process. Otherwise, it's just this very generic. You got him or you didn't. And why didn't you? And you should have just gotten it done when it's far more complicated than that. We don't care about complicated anymore. That, that's it's one of the problems here, because, you know, Ginger says there's so many subscriptions for everything these days, too. I have a ton. Yeah, everybody does. Because that's that's the irony of what you're talking about is that, yeah, sure, you're not paying for content. Young people are not paying for content, but they also see subscriptions everywhere. They're not they're not scared of subscriptions. I mean, look at all the subscriptions for streaming and whatnot. I bet a lot of young people get whatever the YouTube premium edition is that allows you to play YouTube in the background or do a lot of those things. What's changed? And again, I'm not criticizing the generation. That's not my point. But as a society, and especially the younger people, they pay for ease, not education. There's a difference. I'll pay a subscription if it makes something easier for me, if it if it changes something in my actual way, I do something not because, wow, I get the extra amount of info that comes with this. And I think that plays a role in it because YouTube can absolutely be educational. Like I said, I, I would guarantee I'm on the upper end of YouTube watching, watching for my age group. It's not even close. I watch a ton of YouTube, but at the same time, while it's educational, it's pretty damn entertaining. So you got to be into it for some reason, almost like a TV show. It's not simply, I'm going to buy these three subscriptions because that's going to allow, allow me to dive deeper into whatever the topic is. I, I, I think that that's the part of this this conversation that's just simply gone now. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm, I'm not a big YouTube guy, but I know what you mean. Um, yeah, it's just just different. I mean, and, and so and what from a business standpoint, people like the athletic, people like you and me, we have two choices. We can... You can bitch about it, or you can figure out how to work around it, and that's what we try to do. We try to figure out a way to work around it. But I mean, it's changed the way we we budget. Like even last year, I went to football games. Is that the right thing? I don't know. Kind of had mixed reviews on it. If I'm honest, I mean, if you told me ten years ago, hey, you might not even go to the games, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. They can't do that. And then you look at like some of the people who were pretty successful with post game shows and things like that. And when I say successful, I mean financially. To be to be transparent, they're not at the games. They're watching the games. They're connected to the program. They're talking to people. But man, when that game ends, they're on YouTube. Well, in road games, especially, you're not really getting much anyway. They're talking so fast from an interview standpoint. I mean, again, there there are positives to being games. There's no doubt they're definitely positive. There was only one game. There was only one game last year, one home game and one road game where being there was meaningful. Yeah. Uh, Fayetteville and the Egg Bowl. It was it. Had I not been at those two games, our level of coverage would have been different. Every and, and here's the, the other deal. games, think- no. And I mean, we're, we'll get close to these conversations going into September and, and August this year, because it is, it, it's a, it's, it, it, you're sitting here with a scale and it's okay. Being there, obviously, even if it's minuscule makes your coverage better. I mean, duh. Okay. Duh. You can't argue it's worse by any means. So it's all, it's inherently better. Yes. Well, but the post game show was inherently worse. So what's mm-hmm. the, what's the move? 
Um, you know what I mean? Like what, yeah. what actually had more benefit to the most number of people too, because that's, that, that's also the problem too. It's okay. Well, that football content written form, how many people are reading that? Okay. Well, how many people really care about the extra level? How many people don't do this? But then also you can't go, okay, well, the stream was worse, but are those 900 people who were in the stream live? Is that more important than this? You know what I mean? It's all those conversations and there's no real clear answer. And it's why we almost just sort of sit there with our hands up and go, damn, there's positives and negatives to everything. And it's, it's hard to figure out exactly where it falls on the pendulum. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to give away trade secrets here, but I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think I know what the answer is. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm almost positive that you have to find people that believe in you enough to go along with it. And then you have to have the technology to do it. But yeah, I, I think I know what the answer is and it's a completely different answer than it would have been six years ago. Totally different. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of topics. We'll carry some of these into tomorrow, but just because we promised at the top, the Denver Nuggets win the NBA championship last night. Four games to one over the Miami Heat, uh, 94-89 the final. The Nuggets go 16-4 and four in the four series uh, in the playoffs. Uh, Jokic, by the way, is the first person in NBA history to lead uh, the playoffs in points, rebounds, assists, and win share. So the stat we were discussing yesterday it is uh, it's very unique. He is the, he's the only one. Uh, Nikola so Jokic is 28. Yeah, the window is very open. Wide uh, open. Quite open. I mean, it's just it's 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 right there. Jamal Murray's um, twenty six. To the point that if you gave me if you promised me help for the team, I would take the Nuggets against the Western Conference field next season. Yeah, yeah. Without even a thought, really. For sure. If you told me there are no injuries in the NBA, nobody gets hurt. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would take Nuggets against the field in the West to get back. Because they probably might even have one more title if Jamal Murray doesn't tear an ACL. Certainly possible. They might already be on that road. Yeah. Now. You know, I've been I've been watching it when I when I run. I just need something to distract me, and I've been watching The Last Dance again. Because the first time I watched it was during the pandemic, and I, as I get a, further away from the pandemic, I realized that I was not in a great place mentally during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I have a real appreciation for it. But as I was watching it yesterday. I was thinking, you know, Denver's going to win tonight. And this could be the beginning of the Nuggets kind of dynasty. And I saw a lot of really respected NBA writers writing about, hey, I know we always overreact to titles, but this could be the beginning of something. They've, they have positioned themselves to have a five, six-year championship window two three title run yeah where you could win multiple titles you know the the when the bulls won that first one it was after they had lost a little bit and here's here's denver and you're like well i mean you build it around a star you have to have a i think you have to have a second person who is basically a star the bulls had pippen um and then you know jamal murray is the pippen to to Nikola Jokic, and then you have to have a lot of people who do individual things really well. Um, I, I listen to a um, listen to Andrew Schlecht a lot. He used to be just a Thunder guy, but he's become an NBA guy. And he always talks about in the draft, if you're not going to be a superstar, you have to have at least one elite skill. 
You can't just be good. You got to be good, and there's got to be something that you're elite at. Like Rodman was rebounding. Um, it's got to be something you're elite at. And the Nuggets kind of have a handful of guys who are elite at something. They're they're interesting. And then the other thing that was kind of fun last night was I was watching that game, and like in the late third quarter, that the intensity got ratcheted up, and suddenly, man, nothing was free. In the league, where I goes, they don't play defense. There was so much defense being played. I mean, guys were just crushing each other. That game was physical. It was fun. It was someone described it as a rock fight, and I was like, I don't know, man. That just felt like felt like the old eighties and nineties NBA there for a little while. I loved. The first I, I half loved it. did because the Nuggets kept missing shots, and it was just sort of out of rhythm in the first half. Yeah, it felt like it's kind of what, what what that was coming from. And now I. I watch the NBA far different than you. I don't know hardly any of the players. I know a couple of players on both teams. I like the atmosphere of it, the competitiveness of it, and I hardly ever watch basically what I did in the playoffs. I watched the majority of most games, or sorry, I watched the majority of games, but I'm a second-half NBA watcher. I don't care about the first half at all. I'm not going to turn it on. And about midway through the third quarter, I will check a score. And then you can lock me in for the fourth quarter. That's what I do. That's what I did last night. Sure. I, I kept. I found myself wanting the Nuggets to win. Uh, I've been for the Nuggets the whole the whole series, and I guess they were down what seven at the break. They hadn't shot well, um, and I remember. I, I guess it was sixty sixty. They came back to tie it at sixty, and that's when I sort of turned it on the rest of the way and watched it. So I didn't see much of anything until it got sixty sixty. Then the other thing that I hated last night was there will be people that will do the hot takes about Jimmy Butler. They don't get. Oh, to, good grief! They don't get to the finals without Jimmy Butler winning a title. They don't is, get into the damn tournament without Jimmy Butler. It's really hard. And look, Denver was a better team. Just Denver was a better team. Period. Period. And when Denver plays the way that they played in this series, sixteen and four in the playoffs. Think about that. With all the travel and all the stuff, sixteen and four. That's dominant. That's what dominant teams do. They 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 were a they were a legit champ. They swept the Lakers. They beat the the Heat in five. I mean they, they that was they lost two games to the Suns, and they lost a they were up three zero to Minnesota, and they lost game four because they were kind of asleep. That was it. Everything else they won. All this NBA hate from Ginger and Dell. Come on, you people. Don't, don't, don't minimize my entertainment over the course of six months. I watch way too much, way too much NBA, and I admit it. I just like it. I like. The, I I love the league. The league's fun. It's kind of like a walking soap opera. Um, teams are different. There's different playing styles. I love the draft. The draft is coming up in like 11 days or less than that. Yeah, it's 11 days. Yeah, something like it's that. It's 11 days. Yeah, it's just, I just like it. It's just a lot of fun. I think it's a fun league. They do a very good job in the NBA of marketing the players. And hey, young people love it. Give it credit. They they skew to a younger audience and it it works. Uh, 2024 NBA title odds. If you would like to uh, play some money for whatever reason, uh, let's see. Nuggets plus 500. So you'd have to bet 100 to win 500 on the Nuggets right now. Uh, Celtics plus 550. 
Bucks plus 600, Suns plus 850, Mavs, Warriors, Lakers plus 1200, and Clippers, 76ers plus 1400. The Heat coming in with the Grizzlies at plus 2000. Would you throw a Hundy on the Kings at plus 3000? Yeah, that's not a bad bet. Yeah. I don't, I mean, of all the ones you named other than Denver, the only one that I kind of like is Milwaukee. And there's so many questions like, what's Chris Middleton going to do? What's Brooke Lopez going to do? How how are they different with the with the new coach? With, with uh, kind of, I know they have Giannis, and when you have Giannis, you can win. I just don't know that they have enough around Giannis again. I think we're back to that. I don't know how anybody could touch uh, Dallas. You don't know what Dallas is going to look like. Are, are they going to have Kyrie Irving or not? I don't, what, what, if you told me to, if you gave me five hundred bucks, I'd put three hundred on the Nuggets, I'd put a hundred on the Kings, and I'd put a hundred on the uh, Sixers at plus fourteen. Yeah, I, I guess. Again, I just think there's such a. I mean, the these Celtics, I get it, and I get that on their best days they are damn good, but I don't see how you have them within fifty of the Nuggets with a straight face right now, the way that franchise is. What the what's the what's the number on Cleveland? Cleveland is plus twenty five hundred. I might I might put ten bucks there. Tucked between the Heat and the Grizzlies at two thousand and the Kings at three thousand. There's so many organizations that are poorly run from a personnel standpoint in large part because it's like houston where ownership steps in and goes no no i'm tired of this rebuild let's let's win now and you can't james harden doesn't make you a championship team what james harden does is steer you towards the middle which is the worst place to the be. worst thing you can do yeah. yeah uh your thunder are uh tied with the hawks and the t wolves at plus 6600 well the thunder are not winning a championship next year but they will absolutely be a fun team to watch and they're coming. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're absolutely on their way. No question about it. Not, not saying they're going to win a title, but they're going to be a contender um, if they're healthy. They were the seven seed this year? Uh, no, the, they were the, the, they were the 10. Oh, 10. They were okay. the 10. Yeah. Then they beat New Orleans and then lost to Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I think they'll hear about job before the draft. Yeah, but, you have. To. Listen, there's a chance everybody's wrong, but when when it's when it's Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons and Shams Char- uh, Charnia and people like that, and they're all saying half a season, it's probably half a season. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Collective has an idea what's that's, going on. That's some pretty dialed in NBA people. And when they tell you that, hey, here's the interesting one. We didn't touch on this. We'll give us something to talk about tomorrow. There's a lot of talk about the Pelicans trying to get the second or third pick in the draft. Yeah, I saw this. And there are some rumblings. This is what's interesting to me. There are some rumblings that the Pelicans may be finally done with Zion. And Zion, Zion to Charlotte makes a lot of sense for Charlotte. He's from oh, he's from South Carolina. He played at Duke. I don't know if you know this, but he was teammates in AAU ball with <laughs> Devontae Shuler. Um, he was. He Zion makes sense there, and if you're New Orleans and you could move off of Zion 
after all of the stuff with the weight and he didn't play and now the porn stars and all the stuff and you could get Scoot Henderson. Do you make that pivot if you're New Orleans? Call me crazy, but I think I do. Who? Yeah, because here's the thing about Zion. Here's the thing about Zion. I know we're we're up at the end. Here's the thing about Zion Williamson. Yes, if capital I, capital F, underlined, italicized, bolded, if Zion ever achieves his potential, he's a top five player, and you're an idiot to trade him. But at this point, at this point, I think you have to at least say, guys, there's a chance that's not going to happen. There's a real chance that's not going to happen. And if you're Charlotte, the only way you're ever getting a Zion Williamson is this way. You're getting him at damaged goods. You could put him with uh, Lamella Ball. And if, if, God, if he got to 80 to 90% of his potential, you've got, you've got something. And it might be the one way you get Lamelo to stay there. Look, Grizzlies fans don't freak out because Ja is clearly the favorite in what I'm about to say. What odds would I have to give you that from this moment forward, Zion has a better rest of his career than Ja? Oh, I'd probably bet on it. Would you? Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I think this okay. Ja Morant thing is, it appears to be. You think it's malignant at this point? They're, they're not coming out of it. I think that maybe that's the word I was looking for. I, I, I think I was because I was trying to decide whether I was going to say habitual or whether this is serial or. But maybe malignant's a good word. I mean, they, they've they've been begging him to not do this stuff for a long time, and he keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. Zion, some of it is health. Some of it is he, he's got to stop eating so damn much. Right, he's got to lose weight. You know, I mean, but we. Everybody pushes back on that, you know, you're, you're, whatever. No, he's got to lose weight. I mean, if you watch, I was in New Orleans. I saw Zion compared to like Brandon Ingram and the other guys on that team compared to the guys that played for the Thunder, the guys that played for the the, the, the Portland Trailblazers. He's too big. Yeah. And your body doesn't absorb the pounding that you take in, when you're that big. He's got to lose some weight. Yeah. But if he, I mean, but in terms of skill, I mean, he's he's immensely skilled, and if when he when his weight's under control and he's healthy, he's he's unguardable. He's great. There'll probably be more movement on that. At least that story is it's kind of popped in the last twelve hours. So maybe something for that to uh, tomorrow. Again, yeah, NF uh, NBA draft eleven days away for uh, for that. So a few other topics, stuff going on. Rebelgrove.com and <laughs> uh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Rebelgrove.com in the meantime. Uh, probably some baseball portal movement this week, too. We'll see where that's at as the uh, day goes on. Some some uh, some content with, uh, with baseball and more. So, uh, anyway, have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.